welcome to Behold, the podcast where we turn our all-seeing eye to the world of comic book adaptations and try to sort the super from the substandard. Who is we? Well, I'm your host, Andrew, and as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Mick. Hello. Join me as I take you through a journey through space and time and fractures thereof and mind meld with other worlds, other realities where things are not as they seem. Ooh. Okay, good. That was Jeffrey. At the start, it sounded like you were going a bit more Gene Wilder. <laughs> Hang on. I may, I may get joined by a flurkin. That's okay. The more, the merrier. Okay. It so, depends. kittens may just be attacking each other at the moment. They go to play them off against each other. Indeed. Anyway, listeners, as, as you may have heard, you're in for a treat this week because we are both absolutely riddled with a winter cold. We are. But we shall soldier on as is our duty. No, 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 no. Save your pity for other podcasters who fall by the wayside when struck by illness. I mean, unless that pity wants to take the form of a financial incentive. Yes, financial pity we will accept wholeheartedly. Yeah, just please leave your donations in an unmarked brown paper bag, just in your nearest safety deposit box. You can stick a bottle of Benelin in as well, that'd be great. Maybe some Lemsip as well, please. Oh no, they only do it in crap flavours. What, like Lemon. Yeah, and black currant, which I guess should be called black sip. I feel like they maybe vetoed that one at the marketing stage. Anyway, enough of whatever that was. It's time to talk about what if season two. Yes. So yes, this is the Disney Plus streaming service. I said I always say service, not series. Yes. Wouldn't it be great, though, if What If was a streaming service and it stood apart from the rest of Disney Plus? No, don't let's say that, because Disney will think, that's a good idea, we'll charge twenty five ninety nine a month for it. Yeah, I've got to pay for the What If add-on. Yeah. Still, could you imagine a streaming service that just, like, shows you all the same stuff as, like, normal Plus, but from an alternate reality? You, yeah, you could have what if... Pl- so what if, right, um, the what if streaming service could show um, an Iron Fish show that was actually good? No, sorry, that one doesn't actually exist in the multiverse. Um, it could show an Inhumans where they had powers. And budget. And budget and plot. An, et- an Eternals movie that people cared about. A secret invasion series where there was, I don't know, actually a secret invasion. Yeah. Good work. Yeah, I'd, I'd pay for it. Yeah. Don't call us Disney, we'll call you. So yeah, what if season two... It's created by A.C. Bradley and directed by Brian Andrews, except for the first episode, which was directed by Stephen Frank. 
and is I'm going to say based on Marvel Comics. I think though that this is something we probably talked about when we did the first series. Mm. Is it's not so much an adaptation of the What If comics themselves as it is applying the the idea of What If to the MCU. Yeah. So it's essentially saying we're going to take this moment from one of the films and instead of playing out this way, what if it played out that way instead? I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Except for when the show doesn't do that. Which, again, does make it a faithful adaptation of the What If comics. Indeed. Which were very much... What if this specific thing was different? Except unless sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it's what if the Howling Commandos fought World War II in space? No, you're going to have to put some reverb on that. Oh, no, that's like having to do things, isn't it? That's the law. If you say the word in space, you've got to go, in space. Yes, you've got to record that for the rest of the podcast now, haven't Yeah, maybe I'll just put the whole podcast in reverb. No, then we'd sound like Cher. I'm just saying, how many platinum albums do we have, Mick? It's a fair point, well presented. But yeah, actually back to what if. We're, we're going to talk about it at some point this episode. So yeah, I think season one, we both watched it. It was, it was pretty good, wasn't it? Um. The only thing that spoiled it a little bit for me was that it um, it kind of lost that anthology feel quite early on and became more of a threaded story arc. Um, whereas I feel season two kept that anthology idea going a lot longer or m- more, more evenly. Yeah, this one definitely had a lot of less... Because season one was basically we are going to do a bunch of episodes and then in each episode we're going to take like one of the characters and they're going to show up in the big team up at the end. Yeah. And this one was a lot less of that. Yeah. And, and also, um, it it was quite early into season one that it started building up into being Age of Ultron 2. Yeah. Which, I mean, at least to be fair, it gave us a better Ultron story than the film did. Well, yeah, true. Which I guess is one of the advantages of something like What If is you can essentially go back and go, yeah, that didn't quite work the first time around. Let's take another crack at it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Do we have enough bad MCU content now that we can do a whole series of What If This Thing Wasn't Bad? Well, I I suspect the next season of What If will consist of What If We Done Phase 4 Right. What if we had actually thought about what we were doing? What if we knew where Phase 4 ended and Phase 5 began? Yeah, what if if we had some kind of overarching plot? What if we didn't start doing multiverse stuff before we did the series of Loki where the multiverse was created? Madness, isn't it? Multiverse of Madness. Indeed. 
so god I've, I've been slightly dreading this because for the synopsis i've essentially just had to summarize like each episode because most series i'll just you know condense most of the episodes down into a couple of paragraphs but obviously the anthology nature of this means like each episode has its own synopsis right so yep sit back mick put your feet up or maybe if you just want to go like switch the kettle on okay so as always spoilers ahead uh, and each episode is narrated by The Watcher, played by Jeffrey Wright, a cosmic being who observes the many different worlds of the multiverse. So, episode one. What if Nebula joined the Nova Corps? In this world, Ronan the Accuser kills Thanos around the time of Guardians of the Galaxy. Nebula, voiced by Karen Gillan, is saved by Nova Prime, who's voiced by Julianne Grossman, because, I mean, Glenn Close is a bit of a big name to get back just for a tiny little voice acting role. It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Nebula's saved by Nova Prime and joins the Nova Corps on Xandar before the whole planet is sealed behind a force field to save them from Ronan and his fleet. Years later, Nebula discovers that Nova Prime is part of a conspiracy to drop the force field and allow Ronan to conquer Xandar. Nebula is able to stop her, though, and destroy Ronan's ship in the process. And episode two, what if Peter Quill attacked Earth's mightiest heroes? So in this reality, instead of raising him, Yondu hands Peter Quill, voiced by Mace Montgomery Miskell in this, to his father, Ego the Living Planet, uh, who is actually voiced by Kurt Russell, who, I mean, he seems to like doing voice actory stuff, I guess. Yeah. So Peter eventually escapes back to Earth, leading to Peggy Carter, voiced by Hayley Atwell, and Howard Stark, voiced by John Slattery, assembling an earlier version of the Avengers to defeat Ego, consisting of... And I'm sorry, this is just going to be a big long list of names. So we've got Hank Pym as Ant-Man, voiced by Michael Douglas, his daughter Hope, voiced by Madeline McGraw, Bill Foster as Goliath, voiced by Lawrence Fishburne, Thor, voiced by Chris Hemsworth, King T'Chaka as Black Panther, voiced by Atand Wakani, Captain Marvel, voiced by Kerry Tombazian, and The Winter Soldier, voiced by Sebastian Stan. They do a big punch-up. They do. Episode 3. What if Happy Hogan saved Christmas? So, Justin Hammer, played by Sam Rockwell, breaks into Avengers Tower on Christmas Eve. With the Avengers busy, it's up to Happy Hogan, voiced by Jon Favreau, to stop him. Happy accidentally injects himself with Bruce Banner's blood sample, turning into a purple Hulk-like monster called Freak, who defeats Hammer in a stolen Hulkbuster armor. Episode 4. What if Iron Man crashed into the Grandmaster? So, splitting off from the first Avengers film, Iron Man flies into space to destroy the Chitauri, but instead of returning to Earth, he's transported to Sakaar, where the Grandmaster, voiced by Jeff Goldblum, forces him to compete in a death race. With the help of Gamora, voiced by Cynthia McWilliams, Tony wins the race and frees Sakaar. The two then go off to kill Thanos. And that episode's notable because it was actually supposed to appear in the first series. Right. But then a COVID happened. Because that's... I, th I think that version of Gamora shows up as part of the big group at the end of season one that fights Ultron. Right. So... 
Episode 5. What if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper? Speaking of season 1, this goes back to the first episode of that one, where Peggy Carter took the soldier serum and became essentially that version's, that universe's version of Captain America. So, this takes place around about the same time that Winter Soldier did in the main MCU. So, Peggy discovers that Steve Rogers, voiced by Josh Keaton, the Iron Man-esque Hydra Stomper, has been brainwashed by the Russian Red Room program. Peggy and Black Widow, voiced by Lake Bell, try to save him, but fall into a trap set up by the Red Room's leader, Melina, played by Rachel Weiss. Steve seemingly sacrifices himself to destroy the Red Room, and Peggy is suddenly teleported to another reality. So, on to episode 6. What if Kahori reshaped the world? So in this one, Surta destroys Asgard, causing the Tesseract to crash to Earth and land in a lake in pre-colonial America. A young Mohawk woman named Kahori, voiced by Devry Jacobs, discovers that the lake discovers the lake and is transported to another world where she meets a tribe of other people who've previously been teleported there where they've all gained superpowers. Kahori masters her powers and returns home to save her people from Spanish conquistadors. I, I like that one because it meant I got to say the word conquistadors. Good job we practiced the Spanish earlier then. It is indeed. See, see it's all planned. <laughs> it's like an intricate weave, isn't it? Yeah. It does make me kind of regret all those jokes we made about the MCU not having a plan. It's a bit poor calling the kettle back. Anyway, episode seven. What if Hela found the Ten Rings? So, after conquering the Nine Realms, Odin, voiced by Jeff Bergman, decides not to imprison Hela, voiced by Kate Blanchett, and instead banishes her to Earth. There she meets Wenwu, voiced by Fyodor Chin, leader of the Ten Rings, and Jai, voiced by Lauren Tom, Protector of Talo, who are both from Shang-Chi. Do you remember Shang-Chi, everyone? That, that's a film that happened a hundred years ago. Yep. So, Hela learns to embrace peace and defeats Odin, uniting the Nine Realms and battling injustice throughout the universe. Uh, episode 8. What if the Avengers assembled in 1602? So, following on from Episode 5, Captain Carter finds herself in an Elizabethan version of the MCU where reality is starting to fall apart. Eventually, she discovers that the timeline was created by Steve Rogers breaking the Time Stone while fighting Thanos in Infinity War, sending everyone back in time and wiping their memories. Peggy sends Steve back to the future, fixing the timeline, but leaving her stranded in 1602. Up until Episode 9, what a Strange Supreme intervened. So, another returning Season 1 character, Strange Supreme, voiced by Benedict Cumberbatch, rescues Peggy from 1602 to help him stop a universe killer. However, it turns out that that's actually Kahori from Episode 6. Kahori then reveals that Strange has been corrupted by his demonic side and is kidnapping beings from across the universe so that he can use them as fuel for his forge, which will restore his destroyed universe. Peggy and Kahori team up to fight Strange, who sacrifices himself from the forge, restoring the universe, but at the cost of him now, now never having been born. And yeah, that's all nine episodes. It's a roller coaster for Street Stephen Strange, isn't it? It, it certainly is. 
I didn't enjoy all of them. See, but I would say I didn't enjoy all of them, but I maybe on the whole enjoyed them more than season one. I think generally I enjoyed season two more because it it did feel like something I could dip in and out of if I wanted to. I really liked the first one. What if no uh, Nebula was Novacore? Yeah. It had a it had a real sort of ghost in the shell feel to it. Yeah, it did. It was a very kind of ghost in the shell, a bit sort of Blade Runnery as well. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a weird dystopian cyberpunk. And I, I think I've mentioned on the show before that Nebula's actually like one of my favourite characters in the MCU. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you had me at she's the main character. Yeah. It's also, it does what I really like with Nebula and just has to do some weird robot stuff. Yeah. Um, the, uh, what was episode two? Uh, episode two was the one with like the 1980s version of the Avengers. Right. That was okay. That was all right. I like the way that he played a bit with the concept of um, Guardians 2. Um, yeah, I didn't like the Happy Hogan one. No, Happy Hogan for me was like the absolute stinker out of the bunch. Yeah. Because, I mean, first of all, it's not really a what if, is it? Like, there's, no. there's not a point of divergence. It's just. No, what if Happy Hogan bungled through life? Yeah. It's basically the, the what if there. But we already oh, have well, one Happy good. Hogan bungled through life. It's called the main MCU. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It, it felt a bit like, oh, when we broadcast this, we're, we're going to be around Christmas time, so we better put a Christmas one in. Yeah, like, I, I don't know why they didn't just do... A separate Christmas thing. Because mm. this this was very forced in. And also, what I don't like... So the point of that episode is it's basically playing off Die Hard. It's the whole, you know, terrorists have taken over the tower. Ordinary guy has to sneak around and stop them. Yeah. But then also he gets Hulk powers. Which, like, defeats the whole point of it being a Die Hard thing. Because yeah. the whole fun of that yeah. is, oh, how is this ordinary guy going to solve the problem? Yeah. I will say, two things I did like in that episode, though, were, first of all, it was nice to have Sam Rockwell back and let him actually yeah. kind of be a proper villain. And I did love the fact that Tony Stark has a Werner Herzog AI. <laughs> Voiced by Ross Markand, apparently doing yet another very good impression. Right. Okay. Um, then where did we go? Uh, then we went to the Iron Man question to the Grandmaster one. That was alright. Yeah, that, that one was fun. I mean, Jeff Goldblum was very that charming. That felt a bit more like an adaptation of a what if. Yeah, uh, that, that was because it had a very clear... In Avengers 1, this happens... In this one, this happens instead. Yeah. Um, then did we have Captain Carter versus the Stomper? We did, yes. 
Um, I, I think I found that one a bit so-so. It felt a bit like rehashing the, the other Captain Carter story a little bit. See, I get where you're coming from, but I kind of like that it set up this idea that Captain, like, it's it's kind of the tragic thing about Peggy, Peggy Carter. She's always reuniting with Steve, but then she loses him again. Yeah. Oh yeah, I get I get that. It's just the the, the whole, um, and I and I, I know that they're sort of like going back through the history of the MCU, but I'm I'm kind of done with Hydra. Well, to be fair, that this wasn't. It was like the Red Room. Well, yeah. Um, but also, Poison Ivy is Black Widow. That confused me. I mean, to be fair, though. She does do a very good Scarlett Johansson impression. She does, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I will say, I just like a thing with a big robot in it, and this is a big robot in it. Okay. I like that he's got the right. little spinny machine gun things on his arms. Well, listen, mate, I'm, I'm not going to fight with a big robot. Exactly, because he's a big robot. Mental. Uh, and then we did go. Uh, then it was Kahori. Kahori. I, you know, I'm starting to think Mick, that you didn't like sit there and memorise word for word my synopsis. I quite liked the Kahori one, but I did spend the first five or six minutes being confused, thinking, is this a Marvel comic I'm not familiar with? Yeah, yeah, I think that's the important thing to point out, is that Kahori is an entirely new character created just for this. Mm. And I think I think that's the problem with the title. Yeah, it like it the way it's phrased make it seems like you should know who Kahori is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm thinking, oh, was that one of the was that one of the Eternals? Because again, I didn't stop to memorise their names. Um Yeah, and to fair it does sound like an eternally type name. Mm. So so yeah, but that apart, it it was quite a nice little sort of change of change of pace and scenery from the traditional what ifs. Yeah, I, I like the idea of having one that kind of really goes because a lot of them are just like, you know, here's a change and here's how things go in a little bit of a different direction, but then this one's like just all the way over. Everything is completely different. Like, you would not recognise this as the Marvel Universe because of this change. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it was just, it was just a nice little episode, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then... And then we're in 1602, I guess. Nope, then we've got Hella finding oh. the Ten Rings. Oh, ow, oh, oh, actually, yeah, I really like that one. Yeah, that one I would say is probably the best one of the lot. Hmm. Um, I like just, just the way that it's played. Um, it's it's just fantastic that one. It's it's got everything you want. It's got the big Marvel set pieces in. It's got the kind of redemption story and everything and. Uh, yeah, liked it. Yeah, I think 
it does maybe what I don't think any of the others do, which is actually makes you appreciate like the original Thor Ragnarok a bit more. Mm. It kind of makes Hela a more interesting character when you think, oh yeah, basically if she had did have that same kind of opportunity like Thor had to have yeah. that kind of learning humiliation, then she would have turned out okay. It's actually Odin who's sort of the villain because he's yeah. just like using yeah, yeah. his child as a weapon. Yeah, so yeah, um, I enjoyed that one. Then we were into 1602. Now I'm aware of 1602. But I've never actually read the 1602 stuff. Yeah, 1602 uh, is, again, a bit different from the other episodes in that this one is based on a specific comic. It's based on the 1602 series, which was written by Neil Gaiman, which yes. roughly follows the same plot in that it's set in 1602. Some characters figure out that something's not quite right and then discover that it's... I can't remember what it is exactly, but it's something to do with Captain America getting sent back in time. And then they've got to send him back to fix it. Right. Yeah, the, this one I think maybe struggled the most with it being just like a single half an hour episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a lot to... Uh, it was a lot of concept to crowbar into a very short amount of time. Yeah. I think what I would have preferred a lot more is if they'd done maybe, like, just got rid of the season finale and just did this across two episodes, and that's the end of the yeah. series. Because I think that yeah. works. And, I mean, you can think... Because I think Kahori, her powers mean that she doesn't age. So you could easily mm. just have her show up in this as well. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um. So yeah, I, I thought it, on the whole, it was a bit more consistent than the the first season. I think I think the first season disappeared up the zombie um, route a little more than it should have done. Yeah, yeah, because the Marvel Zombies episode was a big selling point for the first series. Yeah, and I think it maybe put a bit too much eggs in that, but it's because that's the one where it's like again, it's not really a what if story. It's yeah. Just, what what yeah. if suddenly there were zombies? And the thing is, um, aren't we due a Marvel zombie series anyway? In theory, I think it's been in in production for quite a while now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it's also I think the problem with things like the Marvel zombies one is it tried to do quite a dark story but then still keep that same sort of light bantery MCU dialogue. Whereas this series, yeah. the, the stories are all more on the lighter side, so it sort of balances out a bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's um, a little more evenness in tone. Yeah. On season two. Um, and I quite like the fact that they released it on a daily schedule. Yeah, I th in general, I tend to prefer, like, a weekly schedule. But I think especially the idea of doing it over Christmas, when, yeah. I mean, you're just sitting around the house anyway. It's, yeah. it's nice to have just a tiny little half-an-hour morsel to tuck into. Absolutely, absolutely. So, that's... Um... 
still got uh, daily schedule, even sort of tall. Um... Oh, we, we didn't actually talk about the final episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Again, I thought that was weak. Yeah. I, I think the problem for me with that one is it felt so crowbarred in because they had to have some kind of arc plot. Yeah, and it, it, it was... Had there been any hints at um, Strange Supreme being involved in earlier episodes, it might have worked. But it just felt like a MacGuffin yeah. at the end there. And again, if you do that, then it goes back to the other problem of... Does it then become too much like an overarching plot when what you really want is just standalone anthology episodes? Yeah, I mean, you, you can do it in a way where it it's, you know, subtle enough. You know, maybe catching a, you know, as Nebula walks past a glass panel on, on her way to defeat Ronin, um, you see Strange Supreme's reflection and she walks past and it's gone. You know, just something subtle like that. It doesn't have to be a major plot point in every episode. But just the fact that his presence was no felt nowhere else in the in the in the series and then suddenly he's the point of the series. Yeah, like I think literally he only shows up at the end of the Korahori episode and then yeah. in the finale. Yeah. And, 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 to me, that's just too, too much of a MacGuffin. Yeah, it's just you don't need it. No, you're bad people, Disney. Yeah, hang your heads in shame. Yeah. So, anything else? Um. Oh yes, I also thought the the voice acting in this series was better than series one. Yeah, I, I think it was a little less obvious the ones that weren't original MCU stars this time round. Yeah, and I think it's a better mix of the MCU stars they've got in. A lot of them are more experienced in voice acting now. Yeah. And then the ones they haven't, they've got like actual good voice actors to replace them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Bell, of course, being a prime example of that. Yeah, I mean, like Bell, Lauren Tom, Josh Keaton, Mark Winger, they're all like very experienced voice actors who can yeah. do like. I think as well, they probably had a bit more experience mimicking other voices. Yeah. Well, say, I still think Sebastian Stan is a bit flat, though. Just to, just to pick on him. What? It is a cartoon. But it's a 3D cartoon, Mick. Is it, though? Is it really? It's it's a... It's more of a 2.5D. Yeah, a best. 2D cartoon where everyone looks a bit like Melty Ice Cream. Yes. Which is still... I guess that's probably one of my complaints, is I would still like maybe a more stylized art style than... What they've got. Yeah. 
But I guess it's um, it's probably an art style that suits the sort of turnaround in production that they need. Yeah, that's true. And I guess kind of you want them to still be recognisable as the MCU characters. Yeah. Yeah, there were other little bits I liked. Um, I did think it was fun. I mean, this is kind of the thing I'm talking about with the MCU getting a chance to have a bit of a do-over. We actually got Bill Foster as Goliath in this. Because it's something... Yeah, Goliath's not one I'm familiar with. So, yeah, in the comics, he's basically... Um, I, I think he's, like... Well, like in the films, he's a friend of Hank Pym who also mm -hmm. got some pin particles, used them to get very big. Right. But in the films, like, he shows up in Ant-Man 2, but by that point, he's just retired. So it's kind of, right. it's something you hear about, but then you never get to see. Right. So it's nice okay. to actually get to see him in action in this. Yeah. Um... so long since I watched them. Do you mean since you rewatched them this morning because you knew you were doing a podcast on them? No. You know, I, I do have other things to do. I don't just sit here vegetating watching Marvel and DC based properties well yeah I mean sometimes you go to the toilet I know no no I've had that built in oh very efficient oh yeah air fryer on that set yeah dishwasher on that one <coughs> toilet in the middle really is a throne. Indeed. Anyway, one last thing that I thought was quite fun yeah. is I like the idea of Iron Man and Gamora kind of meeting up. Because I like that idea of them being two characters that you wouldn't expect to have that much in common. But then it turns out, oh yeah, you've both had to like do bad stuff because of who your dad is, and then they kind of bond over that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's quite nice. And it's like that, that's something I think is one of the, again another advantage of something like what if, is you can explore some kind of like character dynamics that you wouldn't normally see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, maybe one day they could do what if Spider-Man wasn't a lovelorn teenager. You mean what if if he was a lovelorn? Andrew Garfield or a love on Toby Maguire. Fair point, well presented. Well, shall we rank what if on the big list then? Okay, what have we got on our big list? So, on our list of TV stuff, we've got The Sandman at number one, uh, Inhumans at number 35, and a bunch of stuff in between. So, luckily, oh, this good. one, we've actually got quite an easy reference point. 
because what if season one is in at number 21 so I will run through around about that kind of area so okay. 18 we've got Umbrella Academy season 2 19 Umbrella Academy season 3 20 The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special 21 What If 22 Crisis on Infinite Earths and 23 Watchmen I'm thinking please wait I'll see if I can play the Windows startup so. music underneath that simply from the simply from the uh, convenience of a, a potential rewatch I would put this above the two Umbrella Academy seasons Oh no! See, I, I think Umbrella Academy is just a, a lot actually better, though. Uh, it's a lot to sit through, though, isn't it? If you want to rewatch, it is. But I feel like it's quality over lack of quantity. Okay. <laughs> so Wiles was it there then? Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Yeah, I'd I'd be tempted to put this above the holiday special. Yeah, because it had a lack of there was a certain lack of substance. I mean, I know it's got Kevin Bacon in, but apart from that, yeah, that one was definitely a very light. I mean, it was essentially equivalent to the "What If Happy Hogan Saved Christmas" episode, as just being yeah, quite light yeah. and disposable. Yeah. There we go. It's ranked. It's rated. Are you happy now? Or are you the freak? I see. See, we tied it all back. So yeah, what if season two Welcome. is going in as our new number 20? Hang on, I'm my flirting, talking to me. What's that, Delphine? Oh, well. But shall we wrap things up so that you can be buried in cats and I can have a lie down on a nice cold floor? Yes. Yes, let's do that. Oh, you're very vocal. Well, it's kind of the point of doing a podcast, Mick. I was talking to the flirting. I know. Come on, then. She's making her way over. Yeah. Come on, then. Come on. Come on, Delphi. There we go. There you go. Say hello to Andrew. Hello, Delphi. Yeah. Oh, you do look like you're about to tell me your big evil plan for world domination. <laughs> she is, she's the perfect cat for that. Um, right. Uh, yes. So we've ranked and rated. Yeah. Carry on. Well, that's about it from us. If you want to listen to more, you can find all episodes on the feed or wherever you get your podcasts. And it's just... Words. It's easy for you to say. No, it isn't. That's the problem. And if... Honestly, you did that as stylishly as Ackerman. Yeah, just about. Am I going to edit it out? Probably not. And if you subscribe to the show... Oh, I believe in you. Look, the longer this takes, the longer it is before you can go sit down.
No. And if you subscribe to the show, you'll make sure you never miss an episode. If you want to get in touch, our email is beholdpod at gmail.com. Also, if you're a fan, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review on your podcast app of choice or recommended us to a friend. It's the best way for us to grow the show and reach new listeners. So, that's everything. Until next time, I've been Andrew. I've been able to speak, unlike my co-host. You know, we've been doing this for like over 80 episodes now and I still can't do the lines. (laughs) So long and thanks for listening.